Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Coifcast. I'm Ross Williams, your host. Adam Hughes is here too. Um, anything happened, Adam? Anything to talk about this week? I think we're going to have a quick episode, really, don't you? Yeah, probably run for it in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, someone mentioned we might be able to do the shipping forecast, some, some kind of quiz or something, just to yeah. quiet, pretty quiet. Um, no, <laughs> it's never quiet, is it? It's Uh-oh. never quiet with this club, with this sport generally. Um, yeah, another, another big, big week. And if we were intending to have a really quick, quiet one, not really possible. Um, we sit here, we're recording at eight o'clock for disclosure on the 12th of October, uh, 2023, but you guessed that, um, which we think, we think might be about 24 hours before we have an announcement, a big announcement, although with the way the press works at the minute and the way rugby league is absolutely tiny and things <laughs> things get said everywhere, um, we are pretty sure we know what that announcement is going to be. We are pretty sure that very, very soon Craig Lingard is going to become the new head coach of the Castle of the Tigers. So obviously we're going to discuss how we got here, uh, essentially, kind of how, how happy we are with that, um, various things uh, all around that appointment and the very interesting appointment of his assistant, which is probably the big story, which is going to do the rounds in the rest of the rugby league world, uh, not just necessarily with Cass. Um, so yeah, first and foremost, as I say, we're what, 99% sure this gets done now. Um, yeah, pretty much. What's your feelings? I mean, never come to us for coach for tips on who's going to be next cast coach because I think over the last two weeks we've given it to about three different people and briefly briefly mentioned Craig Lingard at the end of each conversation. We we did we, we have mentioned him for we've, a we've kind of, I think we, we said he's an option. He's always been that sort of in the yeah. background. Obviously, we knew we had a contract for, for sort of the next two years anyway. And from our understandings and from what we we heard. He was still in the plans to be an assistant coach, at least. Yeah. But now it looks like he's going to be given the uh, top gig and be the, be the next Catford Tigers head coach. Does. Um, so, yeah, well, what, what would you think? Obviously, like, as I say, we've discussed yeah. <laughs> length, various options. So far weeks. I, think, I think last week we did give Lingard more yeah. more airtime, to be fair. So I think it became more likely uh, in, our, in our minds last week. I mean, obviously, we have gone through the whole... Three weeks ago, we sat here going, nah, Danny Ward, surely is. A week later, we're going, oh, maybe Danny Maguire. Last week, we're like, who knows? Could be anybody. <laughs> but um, but at, at, at the point last week, and it was pretty much a week ago, we recorded, I think it might have been Friday. Hmm. Um, he was probably your betting favourite at that point. Uh, I would say Lingard, because he was one, probably, well, clearly the most accessible club uh, coach to the club anyway, the fact that the club already, we knew, uh, we, we had a pretty strong idea that he was going to be as you say, an assistant at least next season, regardless. And just with the way things have gone, with the way the club is going, the direction of everything, it just makes sense. He does make sense. And I think what has been nice, and you called it out earlier, is um, after quite a, 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 I say a heavy night on Cast Tiger social media yesterday, and um, we'll get on to that, um, <laughs> pretty positive today, I would say. Pretty positive when this, this news kind of broke. Yeah, you've sort of seen... The articles from Matt Shaw, I know you put out a cheeky little teaser of a bucket hat. And everybody seems to be getting behind Lingard. I did worry a little bit because in some people's mind, it might be sort of seen as a last resort or the only resort that we kind of could get, or the only coach could get in. 
I don't think that's the case. I think Lingard himself will admit that he always knew he was maybe a, at least a third option. Yeah, Danny Ward was always going to be the first option after what he achieved last year. And I, and I think in. just on that, by the way, I think as a fan base, we'd have hung the board up to dry if Danny Ward had not been offered it, yeah. wouldn't we? Uh, based on what he did. So Absolutely. Yeah, so he's... Danny Ward was obviously at choice number one. The club, after Danny Ward turned it down, went out and kicked the tyres on. Probably a couple of different coaches. Danny Maguire is obviously the name that was reported most, but I would hazard a guess at that there was a couple of other names that the uh, club asked around. But I know... Craig Lingard himself will have had that desire to do the head coaching job. He's obviously come from doing a head coaching job at Batley, yes, in a part-time environment, but on a very similar, I don't want to say similar budget, because obviously Cast Tiger's budget compared to Batley Bulldog's budget is completely different, but in that same mentality of getting wins on a on a bit of a budget, on, on, the, on the cheap, kind of uh, putting together a team that can overperform kind of their value um, is sort of, sort of um, and we've all seen what he's done with Batley, obviously making it to the championship grand final last season, made it to the 1895 cup final at Wembley this year as well. So he's got some really good results out of that Batley team. Obviously he'll have a few of his um, former players in the, mm. in the team with uh, Josh Hodgson, Luke Hooley coming across. So it's an exciting time, and I think there's a lot of optimism. I think so. I think so. Like I say, it's been good to see that uh, across the fan base today. And um, uh, for the reasons you said, like I said, there is a cynical view of it where you can yeah. go, oh, well, he was third choice. But I'm like, yeah, he's third choice. I think by his own admission, he's third yeah. choice, as you said. But ultimately, he's, he's, he's not being a Super League coach. As I say, this is a step up for him. No. Uh, it obviously, it is. So he, he, he shouldn't be a shoe in. I think he's, he's aware of that. I mean, He's been kind enough to, to to chat to me a couple of times over the last uh, few weeks and months. Um, I've shared a couple of messages here and there, kind of offering him. Uh, we, we offered him our support before the yeah. 1895 final and all that kind of thing. A top top bloke, <laughs> it really is. In, in um in the the few messages we've had uh, and we've shared, and you could tell initially uh, when Andy last um got the boot before Danny Walker came in, there was a little bit of a, there was a, a desire there. I, I don't think he was completely two feet in this I have to get this job now but there was definitely a desire there uh, I think and there clearly has been this time as well um, and as you say I think he just he just kind of fits what we want yes. to do uh, I think and again there's another cynical view of saying well he's quite cheap and what we're doing squad wise is quite cheap and yeah it yeah. is but let's be fair it is yeah. yeah. but there's two sides of that coin as well. The thing with doing it cheap, and let's be honest, we are sometimes clearly pretty hard on the sport and we are going through a period where we're spending a little bit less. But as I say, the flip side of the coin is we do have an exciting bunch of players there, some young players, some young improved mm-hmm. players that really want to come through and make a name for yourself. And as you, as you rightly say, in the championship with Batley, playing under a 200 grand cap, basically that squad, I mean, it's nothing <laughs> really. Absolutely. Um, you know, part-time, completely part-time, practically... I mean, at that, at that point, what is it? Pretty much just win bonuses, near enough, like certain players, you know what I mean? They're barely even getting paid. Okay. And he's got such a tune out of them. I was looking at the stats today and over the last, what, his entire stint at Battle, he's got a win percentage of 56%. Um, last year, 2022, he was 62.5% as a win percentage. It was 56 this year uh, and 60% the year before that. For literally the cheapest team in the competition, 
that's insane, really. I mean, that, that shouldn't be doable, particularly as there's quite, a, there's quite a big turnover in the squad as well. Obviously, like he lost Holy, for example, last year. I think he lost... Um, was it Tom Gilmore they played at half the year before as well? I think he so, might have moved on, potentially. They've had quite a strong turnover the last few years. Don't quote me on those. But he's done a very good job. And he, he's that coach that I feel like if he'd not made the step up with us, he wouldn't be too far down the line in terms of getting a Super League again, anyway, would he? No, it were a matter of when, not if I feel like, for Greg Lingard. I know there were a lot of uh, happy fans when he got the, the assistant coaching role. Yeah. Um, everybody felt excited when he came in, came on board and there was a lot of sort of similar reactions, I feel like. Um, everybody sees the potential of him being a, a really good coach. Um, we've seen a couple of different coaches in and around Super League that have stepped into big head coaching roles that haven't had much experience. Mm. Thinking Matty Pete wasn't really a, a first-team coach before he took over at Wigan. When Ian Watson took over at Salford, not very little experience. I mean, our last, what we would probably call our last great head coach, we poached from the championship. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we, he had that year at Leeds, but it was only yeah. a year, wasn't it, before? And it was a long it, time ago. Not too much Super League experience. We're obviously talking about Daryl Powell, if anybody couldn't guess. Um, but obviously, we poached him. I'll tell you what, we're struggling if they didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. There might be fans that couldn't uh, read between our code there. But um, yeah, he obviously coming across from Featherstone um, before he came over to the jungle. So yeah, Paul Rowley as well. There's a few. Oh, yes. I, mean, I think he had a little bit, didn't he? Was he at, did he have a run at Lee, potentially? Yeah, what at Lee, Toronto. Toronto. Still, it's that kind of top championship, lower yeah. Super League, isn't it? And he's, so, a, he's had a good run, getting to a couple of... Good really great run. So it's not unheard of for coaches that have not had this top level of kind of experience to do really great things with clubs. Um, I'm pleased it's gone to an English coach. I feel like sometimes there's too much of a um, want to go out and get an Australian coach. Obviously, we've seen great Aussie coaches come across and do some wonderful things. Hmm. But it's, it's great to give a talented English coach a chance to step up. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And but I know we obviously referenced last week a couple of kind of Queensland yeah. options and assistants that are kind of always thrown. Um, you know, the names are always kind of thrown in the ring. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't have been against it, but yeah, no. it, it is nice to see a British coach giving a chance. Certainly, someone who's already given a little bit to the club as well. Yeah, uh, in Craig Lingard, um, a name that was mentioned to me really early on, which is really funny in hindsight now. Just kind of three, four weeks ago, someone messaged me saying. Uh, Michael McGuire. Uh, I'm now realising that that name was clearly lost in translation, yes. and it wasn't McGuire, it was not Michael, um, who has just been named New South Wales coach. So, which is, with all due respect to this club that we loved very dearly, bit of a step up. <laughs> I'm not lie. For me, it's a toss up. Cast Tigers, New South Wales. Oof, it's. I, I, I mean. I, I mean, bet he, I bet he lost some sleep over that decision. He only has to do three games a year. It's piece of piss, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's easy over there. So, yeah, maybe he's a coward and didn't didn't want to take the cash job. But uh, yeah, I think that one's potentially lost in translation. And the Maguire, the Maguire that was actually yes. discussed three or four weeks ago was Danny. And I mm. must admit, the first time everyone heard the name, they went no, <laughs> <laughs> surely not, not him, wouldn't be him. Not not Leeds as Danny Leeds, Maguire. Leeds, no. Leeds legend Danny Maguire. Dude, why would he do that? Not a chance. Um, assistant. Yeah. It is 
the mad one in it uh, of this entire scenario of all the scenarios you could have thrown at me even a week ago when we recorded on Friday because I think we gave a few options in terms of what would potentially happen I think th- I think we did say that Craig Lingard would be the most obvious head coach and again we kind of called him the fav at that point I imagine three weeks ago someone tells you that we're going to be in a situation where Craig Lingard's head coach and, and Danny McGuire is his assistant it, I'd be, it, it, I'd it, be it, wondering it, what they were smoking it's a mad one isn't it it is a mad yeah. one Absolutely crazy. If yeah, I wonder what odds you'd have got on that oh. at the end of the season. You you wouldn't, you wouldn't have got them. No, <laughs> they'd have laughed you out of bookies. Yeah, it'd have been a big one. So yeah, he's. I mean, apparently, obviously, it's not confirmed yet. But no. I mean, all but confirmed. If we're being honest, and certainly no one's denying it. And Danny Mags to be assistant, which as a combo excites me. Yeah. I won't lie, it does excite me. There's many reasons why we can get behind the Craig Lingard. Even just by himself, we could have got behind hmm. Craig Lingard getting the gig. The facts, because the one thing you can say about Lingard, obviously, he doesn't have that kind of Super League experience. And you can argue, although I don't think it's such a problem with a young squad anyway, but certainly not kind of the inexperienced squad we're getting. But there would be an, an argument of like, would he have the, the respect of the changing room kind of thing because he's not been in that Super League arena? Um, well, well, Danny Maguire will. <laughs> and, Certainly. And, and he'll demand it that, that that same respect at the very least or if not more is shown at Lingard as well um, it's a very exciting combo and as a team where I think let's be fair a, a lot of our success and we're not expecting a great deal of success next year regardless but any success we do have will depend on at least some <laughs> adequate or more than adequate play from the halfbacks yeah not a bad fellow to have into coaching is it not at all not at all. I mean, we can probably sit here and do half an hour on the list of trophies that Danny Maguire's won. Obviously, with his time at Leeds, he's coming from a very successful system at Hull KR. They've had a very successful. Year. I don't. We don't obviously know. No. What's gone on to? But something kind of Facilitate his now departure from Hull KR, which we all thought if he left Hull KR before a head coaching job, but. Clearly not. He's come on as an assistant at Cass, which is a, an interesting one. Mm. But he's obviously learnt under Tony Smith and now Willie Peters. They've had some big success, especially this year, as we've said. He'll have learnt a lot. And I mean, he'll have learnt a lot being coached by, obviously, uh, Brian McDermott at Leeds. Obviously, having this type of players around him at Leeds. I mean, Kev Sinfield's gone on and he's had quite a successful coaching career himself. Obviously, with what he's done at Leicester Tigers and he's now on with the England Rugby Union squad. We'll see how they go in the knockout stages. Although, blasphemy talking about the uh, 15 aside game. I'll be honest, mate, I could not give a toss. <laughs> I know, we've, <laughs> we've talked, you haven't watched any games. Uh, <laughs> um, but he's a, Danny Maguire is going to be an exciting person to bring in. Yeah. And for these, obviously we're going younger in the squad. A lot of these players will have grown up watching him. I mean, Danny Richardson, Rowan Mills, if that's going to be your six and seven, and like I said, I, I maintain with what I said, I do think Miller probably starts and yeah. let's, let's be honest, he might get a tune out of him as well. Let's hope so. Yeah. But certainly you look at Rowan Mills at 24. I think Danny Rich is 27, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're all kind of knocking on my age, I guess. And I guess when I was growing up watching rugby league, I mean, I remember him kind of, 
I was young. I was, I was young. Don't get me wrong. But when he first broke through, mm. as this, I mean, what it was, it's really it's such a, <laughs> it's a disservice to him to call him a, a support player, isn't it? <laughs> but the best support player I've seen, beyond like, beyond a Billy Slater, I guess, in the yeah. in, uh, in Australia, which is a little different. But in terms of an English player, the best support player you've yeah, ever seen, absolutely. But then the, absolutely nowhere on multiple occasions. Unbelievable. He's got so many tries at our expense, obviously. Oh. But what's so impressive about Maguire as a player, this is the last thing we'll talk about him as a player, so I know it fucking hurts us all. But, <laughs> but an incredible support player as a six. And then the way he kind of transformed himself at the end of his career when his legs went a little bit yeah. into a general of a scrum half. It was, yes. it, was it was amazing, really. Oh. So he's got the complete rugby brain and obviously had the talent to back it up. So and just even having him around for six months just in parts of knowledge would be enough. Could be absolutely massive to these young players, couldn't it? Oh, absolutely. He's just going to be a absolute... Uh, I think a lot of these players just need to be sat in those meeting rooms just soaking up his wisdom, his experience, his just little bits of knowledge and that little bit of game craft that we all know he's got and I'm sure he'll be imparting to these half... Not just the halfbacks, but he'll be teaching things to probably prop forwards that they can 100%. take and uh, kind of implement in the game and make them just that little bit better. And that's the thing, because the players he's played with as well, it's standard, isn't it? It's the kind of stuff in the change room. I mean, obviously you look at that Leeds change room he was in and like, as you say, Sinfield, Peacock, you know, like proper Kyle Luluai and players like that. Yeah. Like, like uh, all you ever hear about those players is just professional, like yeah. incredibly professional. Yeah. did everything to the nth degree. The fact he was literally sat there with them for years and years and years, and that's the behaviour he expects. So he's not going to accept anything less from the players in the cast change room, nor should he. And hopefully the cast lads really kind of buy into that. And if they do, um, we could be on something. We mm. could be on something. And it's two, as players as well, quite attacking players. Yeah. Uh, in Craig as well. Craig scored an awful yeah. lot of tries, albeit in the championship. But Scott, I think, I think we've said before, I think he's battling Bulldogs all time. Tom tries to so. knew his way to the line. He was a back himself. Um. Yeah, it's exciting. I I think it's exciting. I think on Maguire, we should we should probably talk about the like the counter arguments that people are going to have. I mean, the one that we need to get just dismissed straight away is what you started with. Like, uh, yeah, it's cast. Clearly not. Done. Done. <laughs> clearly, clearly that didn't come that didn't come onto it. Um, the fact that obviously he's not head coach and he's taking the assistant gig. It's one of those that until the club come out and say something, not that they necessarily have to, there'll be kind of conspiracy theories around it. And obviously Absolutely. we've heard the theories already. Obviously, we even discussed it ourselves last yeah. week, what we kind of heard on the grapevine, that he turned down the head coach role uh, because he either, one, wanted a one-year deal, or two, wanted some kind of release clause in order to go to Leeds. That's yeah. basically what everyone's been saying. I can't say that that's come from any kind of truth. Um, oh, just what we were hearing, and obviously what's been reported. Yeah, but it wasn't reported necessarily. That that wasn't really reported Sorry. in the press. But I know what you're saying, but it felt like it was the amount. Of yeah, people. the amount of people that were going on. Sometimes it's a bit of a grey area of what is officially reported and what's what's yeah. not. Hundred percent. The one thing I did hear on this from someone who was—I'm not going to name them, but relatively credible—not in the club, by the way. People think sometimes we hear stuff from the club. We genuinely no. don't. Beyond the two times we've literally spoke to the club, and you've heard it yeah. <laughs> as a listener, that is the two times we spoke to the club. We don't hear anything beyond that. I promise you. Um, I did hit. I did speak to someone relatively pretty credible like the other day. Uh, he was a little bit in the know, and he actually suggested that it was something a lot more 
simple than that, and it wasn't necessarily this wanting to get out of the leads or kind of this kind of seedy kind of idea that he just wants the users and that kind of thing. Um, it was really just more, it was potentially just more logistical in the fact that he's been at it for twelve months of Hull KR since they started preseason in October, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and just wanted a little bit of a break, potentially himself and his family, and which made sense to me if he t- if he took the head coach role. Basically, with the situation we're in, and fair enough, the squad as we're going to come onto is pretty much done. But maybe there's a couple more we need to add. If you're head coach of this team with so much change, you start tomorrow. <laughs> like you, yeah. you can't have you can't come in first day of preseason in three or four weeks. You need to come in tomorrow and make sure things are right. Which means he won't have had a break at all. So something I heard, I don't know if it's true, I hundred percent, but it was really just more logistical, and he wanted an assistant role because that would allow him at least kind of three, four weeks now to kind of refresh and come into a new season. Which you forget the humans sometimes, don't you? You forget Absolutely. these people are actually just blokes who have a job to do. I guess. Yeah, yeah. We're all, as you say, we're all human. We all deserve and earn a break, um, especially within rugby league. It's it's pretty intense from sort of. October, November time when they're coming for pre-season, right up until, I mean, if you're successful, I mean, Daniel have only just finished last week, obviously, with OKR making it to the playoff semi-finals. And won't have had a break to Challenge Cup because got to Wembley. No, exactly. So he's literally been every single week since. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a long slog. It's, it's tough. a long slog. So obviously he'll have sacrificed probably family time as well. Every sort of weekend or Thursday or Friday evening away here, there, and everywhere across the country. Hmm. It deserves some downtime. Yeah, they're not robots. They're not robots. No. I mean, it's, like I say, it's pretty relentless. And you're a lot longer time coaching than you are playing as well. I mean, he's, yeah. obviously, he's in his 30s still, late 30s maybe? Late 30s, I think. Late 30s, early 40s. He's got a long time in the coaching game if he wants it, so he doesn't necessarily have to jump in and get head coaching gig now. He can still no. try and learn his craft a little bit. Um, you know, that's just what I was being told. As I say, that's got as much credibility as anything you want to hear. If it is that he just wants to go to Leeds as soon as Ron Smith's sacked, we'll find out, won't we? Um, but I think this is the in terms of getting Danny Maguire in the door, if there is that little bit of um fear that that would be the case, and if that fear, regardless of what was said, was always going to be in the fan base, which may be the case, this might be the best case scenario. Uh, in terms of having him in the building, having those brains there, uh, having him committed. Um, at least for the time being, but ultimately, Craig Lingard, man, and he's the head coach. So, yeah, hopefully, this podcast doesn't go extremely out of date really quick, and it all falls through tomorrow. But we're pretty sure this goes through. Touch wood, anyway. And this time tomorrow, I think, I think it'd be Friday. Yeah, we'll get an announcement. And um, for the first time in what feels like absolutely months, probably since I started the podcast, we can maybe breathe a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> It seems like a little bit positive news. I think we're all a bit happier now, finally. Finally closing the book on, especially since the end of the off-season, closing the book on who is going to lead this Cast Tigers team into 2024. Yeah. Yeah, it just it feels like a good one to end on. We're going to go on to the last, uh, yesterday's news in a sec, which obviously was a little bit less positive for a lot of people. Um, but we are going to touch on it. But yeah, I think finishing off on head coach, then you can just kind of give it a couple of weeks. Nothing has to happen <laughs> for a little bit, hopefully, touch wood. Uh, unless there's any more crazy recruitment, it was, who knows? Um, but then you can drop your, your kits, for example, for the years to, uh, for the next year. It's a little bit more positive than going to preseason. And there you go, get your contact with your players and get some more excitement as the players come in. 
hopefully uh, it works out. But um, let's talk about yesterday. Yes. Let's talk about yesterday's news, which, let's be honest, took us all by surprise. Um, it started doing the rounds a little bit Tuesday night. Um, yes. So quickly as well. <laughs> Sometimes you hear something from one person and it's happened multiple times over so yeah. long. And you just go, okay. And then within half an hour, someone else tells you, and you're like, what? How, how is this? And this brings on to a question we've got later about leaks. And I mean, we are a colander of a club. <laughs> <laughs> really, there's so many leaks, clearly. Um, but yeah, it started to kind of do the rounds Tuesday night. And then yesterday it was revealed um, that Elliot Wallace was going to Huddersfield and we were going to get in his senior um, in, in return on a one-year loan deal. First draft, before we go into that kind of the kind of nitty-gritty of it, which I think makes it a lot more clear, and I think quite a few people started coming around to the idea, I think certainly yeah. up until now, uh, when people started to really think about it. But I was like everyone, really, I think initially hearing it. What was your first reaction? I think similar to everybody, a little bit of confusion as to why. I think my biggest issue was, because Inesini has been around for so long, I thought he were older than 23. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were getting like a 27, 28-year-old. And I thought, well, that's again, a bit uh, against what we've been trying to do this this uh, off-season. But it's an interesting one. And then obviously, as I've looked, he's still 23. Um, but immensely experienced with 90 Super League games, which is crazy compared to Wallace. I'm sorry, I'm nicking your stats here. Wallace, who's played 13. Yeah, well, 13 sorry, 13 last season. I think he played a couple of OKR. I think... Yeah, did, did he make did he make an appearance the year before? Am mm, I making that? I, I, sure. I think he played two or three overall. Yeah, I think he's played less than twenty Super League games anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. for sure, uh, Elliot Wallace. So, yeah, the, that, that's the big thing. I mean, yeah, my initial reaction was that's weird. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest, it, it <laughs> did feel a bit weird. Um, obviously, I think I put a tweet out on the Clivecast Twitter account. If you're not following us over there, what are you doing? Go over on Twitter and give us a follow. Um. I put up a tweet on Monday saying these are the four announcements we want <laughs> this week. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about these very briefly. Muzzy Mustafa signed right. more than happy with that. George Lawler, he was signed the day after, as we said right. on the podcast. Not seen the best of him, but I still like George. And I think, as we said, very, very difficult to replace in the market. Mm. And I think hopefully we can get the best out of him in the next year. Um, the next one on the list was Elliot Wallace, because obviously he was out of contract. I believe there was some kind of option on the deal, but yeah. As you quickly find out when you look at rugby league deals like this, they're not worth the paper they're in on, um, really. And ultimately, if they can get more money elsewhere, that's what they'll do. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of expected that would be the news on the Wednesday. This was the news that came out. And, yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about the squad in 2024 uh, multiple times. The first time you were on the podcast, we obviously put the squad together. You had mm-hmm. him starting on the wing. Uh, we had him starting on the wing. Sorry, didn't no, you didn't. You no, originally no. you originally had Lachlan Walsey there, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's who I had. Um it was obviously not uh coming our way. Going to Wakefield, apparently. Yeah. Good move. Um, good move for them, yeah. Um but generally I, I, well, it was quite early on then as well. Obviously, he picked up more games after that. We were pretty sure Elliot Walsh would start on the wing. And let's be honest, he showed some promise. He, he showed some real yes. flash games for Wakefield away, particularly. He was superb. Obviously, he was a big part of the Foster try, I think it was. Uh, with the breakaway, um, showed some real flashes, so it was surprising. Uh, he was moving on, or he was being allowed to move on. 
and basically until any details came out at six o'clock or whatever it was, I was mostly negative about it. I'll be honest, I was mostly negative about it. The one thing that changed it for me, and I think it was the same for you as well and a lot of people on Twitter, Huddersfield had given him a four-year deal. That changed my entire mindset. Entire mindset. It's an interesting one for a player who has played so few Super League games to have that level of commitment. Yeah. It's, it just sprung a little bit interesting to me. And I feel like Huddersfield are going that way in giving these 22, 23-year-olds that have played a handful of games um, these longer-term deals, because I believe they've just announced the the French lad that was at Wakefield, Hugo... Salabia? Salabia. Salabio. I only know him as the lad who nearly killed that player. <laughs> yeah, nearly killed Richard Myler. Yeah, one of the worst tackles I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, but he, I believe he Wakefield fans will probably agree with me. I believe he's shown some good flashes and some really yeah. good things. And probably Wakefield wanted to keep hold of him, um, but I believe they've given him a three or four year deal at Huddersfield uh, that were announced this this evening, I believe. Yeah. So it looks like that's what sort of game they're playing, trying to get in these. 23, 24-year-olds that are, have a little bit of experience at other Super League cl- clubs, shown some promise, because I believe we, we'll probably agree on this. Huddersfield have got quite a bit of age in their squad as well. Yeah, I mean, they gave Leroy Kojo a new deal. And you're looking at sort of Chris Hill, who must be knocking, what, 37? 36, 37 now? I think he's got... Did he get a And he offered a yeah, two-year deal, yeah. which were interesting. Mm. Um, not saying he... He's a bad player, by the way. He's, he's played well. He's played, well. He's played really well. Um, so I think they're looking to get some younger pieces locked up and probably in a way a way to make it a little bit cheaper for them mm. is to give them these longer-term deals and probably scale yeah. it. So he's probably not on that much this year, but probably by year four of that deal, it's, it's quite a substantial mm. pay increase, um, I would expect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't see us. I believe we exercised the option on his contract, and that's why we've been able to get senior in return and potentially some cash. I'm not 100 percent sure. That's the sort of rumours I'm hearing. Mm. Um, it would make sense. So that's why, rather than him just being out of contract and us not exercising that option, I believe we did have him under contract, and there was then a discussion. I believe in his statement when he signed for Huddersfield, he said um, Huddersfield had contacted Cass about. The availability of Elliot Wallace. Yeah. We'd said you can go and talk to him, which I feel like, yeah, in a, in the position we're in, if he wanted to um, look at that option as an option for his career going forward, we've facilitated that. We haven't stood in his way at all. Which I agree with, by the way. I, I, I think, do. I think from a point of perspective, yes, you've got to be club first, but there's also an element of if we say no, that yeah. no, you can't speak to him. He's going to find out <laughs> because yeah. that's how it works. And then all of a sudden you've got a player who, let's be honest, is going to be told on the sly what he was going to be offered. And if yeah. it was a four-year deal, then you've got a player who's got his head turned. And, right. and he would have, would have been out of deal at the end of 2024. So we lose him for nothing and get... Exactly, yeah. Nothing in return. I mean, at least this way, I know, I know it's technically a loan deal, but I believe it's the last year of seniors contract. Yeah, I wanted um, to kind of. I think it's right we clear that up a little yeah. bit. A few people said that on on Twitter last night that you know why we're letting him go for four years. Da, da, da. Uh, in return, we're only getting a loan player. I saw that quite a lot. He's a loan. It is a loan technically, mm. 
but he is a cast player in the same way that Blake Austin was a cast player when he moved from Leeds, essentially, in that it's a slightly different scenario because I think that was a permanent, technically. Yeah. Was it? was it? I don't know. I'm not Maybe sure. Maybe it was a loan. I'm not sure. But um, either way, I know it's the same situation. Because he's out of contract at the end of the year at Huddersfield and there's no um, callback clause on the loan, which is stated in the, in, in the announcement, yeah. Um, yeah, he he will not play he will not play for Huddersfield again unless they give him a new deal next year. But they won't have first dibs on him. That's just open market then. Basically, as soon as the market opens in early twenty twenty four, anyone can offer him a deal. And that's just mm. he's just a free agent essentially. So obviously, he's going to be in our building. He's going to be training. He's yeah. going to be speaking to Danny Wilson. He's going to speak to the coaches. If he does well, we essentially do get first dibs at him. So I actually like the move in terms of senior. To be honest in the sense that we're getting a, a, a sim, I mean, it's like for like in terms of we're getting a, a replacement for, for uh, Wallace. As you say, the fact he's still 23 and played 90-odd games is, is mental, but three games at a World Cup as well, played yeah. some top, top opposition. I was actually at Headingley when they played the Kiwi, uh, when they played the Kiwis, played some top-level opposition there, and Ireland actually played pretty well that night. They did. Um, yeah, and, and the fact it's a one year, it's really, really low risk for us as well. As it is. And just fits so much more into what we're doing than, with all due respect to Elliot Wallace, who we do like, and it's sad to see him yeah. go. Fits what we're doing so much more than giving him a four-year deal. That's all. That's all the habits for us, isn't it? It's all that. Yeah, that's the kind of deal we would have pulled in like 2018 after somebody had strung together a decent dozen games. Everybody had got excited by him, and we'd have given him a three, four-year deal, and run that risk of him getting injured, which we've saw, seen so many times. Or form dipping, and as within two years, as fans are calling for for the heads and slating club, saying why the hell have you given this person a long term contract? Yeah. It's happened too many times in the last sort of few years for us for us to kind of get bitten by that again. If you look at all the contracts, you rightly said it. If you look at the contracts we've given out this year, they've been two year deals. Yeah, there's one three year, isn't it? And that's it. Yeah, one three year deal in Samwood, but every other one's two years. And we're looking at low risk but high reward sort of deals, I believe. I think, I think, so. I think that's probably the mantra that we've gone with this year with with his recruitment. Low risk but high reward. If the if they hit, they're gonna hit big and we're gonna get a lot of value out of these players. Yeah. If they don't, we're gonna be able to potentially quite easily move them on. Or we're not gonna be too fussed if we have to carry them into twenty twenty five. Um but senior is going to be a talent. He's a talented player. He brings some absolute rocket speed when he gets going. I think that's one thing that we maybe lacked. A lot of fans will obviously have pointed towards the departure of Greg Eden and mm. seeing that his pace has gone, obviously outside of Gary Gary. Um, Elliot Wallace can move, but I believe senior would probably streak away from him in a foot race. Um, but bringing in senior, not only is he very tall, six foot five, I believe. But he has got some immense speed and he just he's quite talented. I mean, can you imagine a uh, a wing pairing of Sam Wood and in his senior? We discussed this, didn't we, yesterday when we, we heard the news and that's the thing again, because we're hearing time and time again. We I had a, I had a big go at everyone saying this last week, I know, so I won't do it again about uh, why ain't the coach making the signings. Um, well, this makes it clear because obviously the coach has been in the building all along. Mm. <laughs> if Lingard gets the gig, but even if he's not, I'd say on this, 
And this has very much just been Danny Wilson and, uh, and Mark Grattan or whoever. And it's just been, as they told us on the podcast, fitting a kind of certain style of play they want. Look, I'm no coach. <laughs> I'm not a Super League coach. I'm not going to put together any kind of fancy uh, game plan, which I'm, I'm sure Danny and Craig will. But one thing I do know about Rugby League is last tackle execution is massive and turning last tackles into points is yeah. massive and it's something we couldn't do last year. We were very, very bad at it. Oh. What we've got in four players next year, if you look at it in very, very basic terms, and I'm saying this as someone who's clearly not been involved in the rugby environment, but you've brought in Rowan Mills, yep. who, I mean, look at the highlights package we put out about him. He's all about short kicking inside yep. the 30. Excellent, precise kicking inside the 30. Low and high. And we're bringing back Danny Richardson. What's the best part of his game? It's his, his kicking, kicking game. game. And as you correctly said, we might have two six foot five fellows on the wings. They're probably going to outjump a few players, a few yeah. players out there. And we've got the ability to kick it into their hands or put it in the one space where the defender can't get it. Very basic terms kind of makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> it's probably not a bad route of scoring points. It's an interesting one. And to be fair, I mentioned it with senior. They're not six foot five and plodders. Both no, Wood no, 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 no. and well, Wood pre knee injury hopefully comes through and looks kind of like he did previously. But Wood and Senior can both both kind of shift. They're quite quick. I think they're very quick. Like, like I said, I think at this stage of his career as well, obviously kind of 31, 32, Obviously, you talked about Eden. I think if any Senior and Greg Eden had a race, I know he was going to win and hate Greg Eden at this stage of his career. So. Yeah, it's a rapid, rapid player. And I look at the highlights package again, Casper Aldi the other day. Um, yeah, certainly, certainly no slouch. We have gone athletic. We've gone athletic in the backs, which is, let's be honest, that's where we've really what we needed. Lacked. We've lacked it so much. We've had some old-looking players over in there in the last few years, and it's it's going to be nice. Look, they're not going to make every tackle, and there's going to be errors there. Don't be wrong. They're not refined. They're not international players at this point. Well, we're, we're senior is. Um, yeah, maybe not grade A or tier A, uh, tier, <laughs> you know, tier one international players at this point. But it's going to be nice to see a set of backs that are not going to get the corner turned on them <laughs> every time they're having a break, every time the other opposition's having a break, where it's been, you know, as soon as they get five, like, a couple of yards of space, we've kind of just turned around and gone, oh, we're going to score out of because we can't catch them. It's as simple as that. We've got a bit of athleticism in the backs this year, which I think is just gives us a bit more dynamicism, as simple as that. And yeah, I, I like the idea of potentially having those two, those two on the wings. Uh, I think it gives us gives us something we've not had for a very very long time. And um, then you've got a very very good backup option against Jason Gary Gary. Or yeah. it means you can throw it around. It also means for for the first time ever, <laughs> I think watching the cast team, we can actually pick the team that makes sense like based on the opposition, which yeah. never happens. Usually, we just pick the team that's available that <laughs> we've got. It'll be. I mean, I'm touching wood again. If we can keep them fit, let's pray we can keep some. Hopefully, it might be nice to actually, you know, have some dilemmas. Players. Yeah, pick players that make sense depending on the team you're playing against. That'd be that'd be lovely, won't it? Um, so Gary Gary will work better against certain teams. Is what mm. it is. Um, but yeah, I think he's. I, I came. I said, like I said, we'll go back to the deal. Didn't love it to start with. No. Saw the details of it. Worked it out in my head. Don't mind it. <laughs> that's basically that's basically where I'm at. That's basically where I'm at. And some people just won't like it full stop. And I get that. And you know, the proof will be in the pudding, don't be wrong, when we get to kind of February, March time. But yeah, I, I don't particularly mind it. And I do understand the thinking. And is the thinking we can cut a little bit of a cost here? 
yeah, maybe so. That probably is exactly what's being thought of. And you know what? People can slam that. And it, I, I've had it slammed to me uh, in the last few days. I would do it on the cheap again. Yes, because the, because the club's got two, 300k less to spend this year because every club has got two, 300k less to spend this year. People need, people just forget there's no money in the game. No. <laughs> there's no money in this game at the minute. And as we've said multiple, multiple times, we are playing IMG ball, whether we like it or not. And if we've got to make little sacrifices here and there um, to keep the finance, finances where it is in a position where we're going to score the points in order to maintain Super League status, then sadly, that's just where it's at. We're not going to be the only team that does it. No. Um, yeah, like I say, short-term sacrifices, don't be wrong, but long-term, hopefully it pans out. And as you say, uh, as you say, it's kind of low, it's kind of buying low and hopefully, hopefully you get a nice reward out of it and, and a senior adds to those kind of 90 senior appearances and, and adds to his try scoring record, which ain't bad. Ain't bad. He's, he's knocking on 40 tries, I think, uh, out of those 90 games, which is which is pretty strong. Um, so, yeah, I hope everyone's had a kind of a think about that. And um, it's, it's easy to kind of jump on straight away. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the same. Like I, I had an initial reaction to it, which weren't great. But when you have a real think about it, we were never given a kid a four-year deal uh, at this stage. It, would, it was as simple as that. And, you know, I think another final final point on this is there's almost a bit of gatekeeping almost with a player like Elliot Wallace, which I completely understand in the sense that they go, oh, academy prospect. You know, we, we need to build a team around the academy. With respect to Elliot and we really like him, not ours. No. <laughs> we wanted to point this out, didn't we? I know Terry yeah. Richardson um, tweeted out, uh, perhaps you could fill fans in on Wallace's background. Yeah, I mean, he's 23 at the minute. He's been at the club... Last season and the season before, I believe. Yeah, two two seasons. He came in as a reserve grade player and played sort of twenty twenty two in the reserves. Yeah, started obviously twenty twenty three in the reserves and out on loan. Um, obviously had that ban at the beginning of the season, I believe. Yes, he had five. Um, games. Which were interesting. Um, obviously his boxing background maybe coming into play there. Um, came in handy by the sound of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, he he came in as a reserve player, came through the um Hull KR uh system, I believe it was Hull KR. Then obviously, it went to the city of Hull hmm. and was part of that, and then obviously made his Super League debut for Hull KR. So, his first game at Ka- in Super League for Cass wasn't his Super League debut, so definitely wasn't as, and also he w- wasn't on loan. I've seen that a few places as well. He wasn't on loan at Cass. No, he was no. our player. No, he wasn't on loan. And like I say, I think there's a little bit of that in the sense that it's very easy, particularly because of how many games they played together last year, to throw him in the same category as Jason Gary Gary. Mm. It, it's mad to think, but Jason's got four years on him. Yeah, four whole seasons on him. Um, it, right now, I mean, this is where I'd, I, I, I still very much give Jason a chance. Although we've probably been a little bit hard on him on the pod, um, because he's, he's certainly not perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some serious defensive deficiencies there, yeah. which, which he talks about himself. I don't think he might say that. I said it in the press. The thing with him is, I mean, Elliot Wallace is a better player than Jason Gary Gary right now. 100% I think he is. There is four years there, to be fair. There is, there is four years. And, you know, Jason's still good enough to be named in that Fiji squad. And hope hope he gets hope he gets a couple of games and, um, and does well over there. Even even just being in the squad would be massive for him, I imagine. So, uh all the best to him and the other lads, obviously, who were involved in the Pacific Games this uh, this weekend as well. Nixon Putt and Liam Horn from playing for PNG. I'll be an avid spectator for that one. Um, 
questions? Or we'll just yeah. talk about, I mean, first, first and foremost, just very, very quickly. For now, that's the squad set, isn't it? For the moment, yes. We would say that's as far as we know and have seen in rumours. That should be, for, for the moment at least, no more announcements, no more signings. Obviously, we probably expect there might be in, say, a month's time. Let's yeah. get to pre-season, see what we've got sort of thing. Mm. Um, we'll obviously hear about agents floating certain players who are maybe unhappy at other clubs. There might be an opportunity to pick somebody up as pre-season kicks off. We don't know. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, I think that's it for now. Like I said, I think there'll be a couple of weeks and to kind of see how the lay the land. Obviously, there might be an element of kind of Craig and Danny wanting to kind of see, yeah. the, squad, see the squad in the field. Obviously, not going to have all of them uh, at the beginning of the preseason, but they'll have a fair few of them. They can have a look at a few players and after a couple of weeks, they'll probably have a better idea of like, it might be obvious we need some more size. I think that's where we'd look at. I think that's one the one area where we probably do. Yeah, I think we've said ourselves and you certainly have that probably lacking a middle maybe two and I, I don't think we need world beaters, world beaters there necessarily I think it's just a matter of having a bit of a bit of depth there Um, to be honest I mean one name that was thrown at me albeit from over in East Hull is the fact that Reese Kennedy is available now Um, he was released I, I don't see that mainly because as we've said a million million times we don't have a quote spot Um, so yeah, obviously you would take a quote spot that will be reliant on someone moving on we're not hearing anything about said players moving on so I imagine it will be an English uh, or, or British um, forward we bring in, I, I think. Um, I think, unless, unless they like one in the reserves of the academy, we don't know about as well. And there's something that come through, obviously. Mm. Um, we've got that. We've had that recently, obviously, with Sam Hall and, and Brad Martin. Maybe the next crop are, are up there as well. And there's a few that there's a few that come through. But I think the coach is probably going to have a look at the squad first and then maybe use a little bit of that cap room that we've got. Yeah. We've got left. Um, that answered a question, by the way, from Payet Prop Dimitri Payet Dimitri Payet. Um, <laughs> interesting username. Um, who said, "Who do you reckon the next sign or departure is?" Don't really know. Uh, the honest answer, and yeah, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But I, I don't think we should expect anything imminent. No, uh, it is all I'd say. I think it might go quiet finally, uh, a little bit. Um, Chris Howie asked the question. Any updates on players' injuries, how their progress is going, if not already discussed? Um, I, I don't know whether you suspected we'd be speaking to the club on this podcast, but we're, we're not. Um, no, not quite. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not Dr. Williams, so I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not really sure if I'm honest. Um, I don't know. That'll be one for the club, obviously. The one I do know about, purely because by chance uh, he spoke to a mate of mine at the Leeds game, is Paul McShane did get the all clear. Um, so his... Uh, forearm injury. Uh, he did get the all clear. I don't think there was any point risking him in a dead rugby game, obviously against no. Leeds anyway. Uh, certainly not going to a testimonial year, his age, that kind of thing. Um, but he, he should be good, which is good news actually because they're, they're weird injuries. Obviously it was a lot longer than suspected, yeah. but like, you know yourself, like forearm injuries, they can go they can go proper nasty, can't they? They can really cause some issues, obviously when it, if it's sort of hindered nerves and stuff, feeling in your arm can come and go a little bit which yeah. is not not the greatest um particularly I in think, his position as well <laughs> i think it's it were probably the right idea to leave him out let him have the full off season to sort of recover i mean 
Um, knowing Maka, he'll be running now because he's he openly admits if he stops, he'll he's that fat kid. Um, <laughs> and I hope, I hope if he does hear this, I hope he don't mind it because I've heard him say it many a time to journalists and in and around the club. Um, he's unfortunately he's got one of those metabolisms. Um, whereas if he stops, he's gonna put a little bit of timber on. Um, so he'll be working now. He'll be he'll be doing his fitness and he's he'll be ready to go pre-season. Absolutely. Um, but giving him that full pre-season to kind of recover and get himself right. I think the only other two injuries that we sort of know of, or certainly, well, yeah, certainly know of, is Nemo and Wood's knees. Yeah. Um, but we've not heard anything about if the recovery is going well or badly or, as, as Ross said, we're not, we're not doctors and we're certainly not in and around the club. No. No, we're not. Uh, and Danny Richardson as well. But uh, again, oh, yeah. we, we just want... Uh, I'm, I'm sure probably first, second week of pre-season there'll be some kind of update of that. Yeah, should be. Um, and, and obviously, we do hope to speak to the club around that time and naturally that'll be a conversation we'll have with them and hopefully they can give us a nice update and hopefully Danny Richardson's knee is as good as new and he's kicking the ball higher and far farther than ever before. Uh, let's hope so because that could be crucial to this year. Um, next question then Andy Green uh, I think a regular comment so thank you Andy uh, just talking about the age profile of the club uh, the, the players of the club's recruiting uh, do we think that Craig Lingard's been a big influence in bringing those players to Cass uh, and he also asked do you think uh, obviously we've done due diligence uh, around the job but do we think he had the job before Ward uh, even had his tenure uh, I think he means as in was he always kind of a long term option when he came in as assistant to last um, I'm not so sure on that last point. If I'm honest, I don't think we offer the job to Ward, do we? If that's the case, really, no. obviously. Uh, although I don't think we officially offered it to Danny Maguire, is what I've heard. I think it was more just a bit of a conversation rather than we literally gave him a contract and he decided yeah. to sign it. Um, I, I think it's clear he, he wasn't necessary. I don't. I certainly don't think we brought him in in May or June, whenever it was, with the idea of you're going to be the next cast coach. That's yeah. clearly not the case. He also got it when Andy last went down. Um. So, yeah, not so sure on that one. In terms of the big influence on bringing those players to Cass, I think we've said before, the fact two of them have come from his club kind of says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely had a say in it. He's obviously been in the room when those discussions have been going on, sort of middle of the season, when we've yeah. been putting plans together. He'll have been in that room. He'll have had those discussions alongside Danny Wilson, alongside Danny Last. Yeah. Because a lot of people will probably not like to hear, but Andy Last will have had a say in this squad because obviously plans start sort of 12 months in advance. He'll have had a big input. Uh, yeah, had a big input. I, I, it would have been weird if he hadn't have had a big input yeah. at the time because he was coaching. I mean, I think, and that's the thing, people can look at it now and turn around, ah, oh, well, these are last players. But like, but if we'd have told you in April, May, oh, we're signing players and we've locked Andy Last out of the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'd have gone, well, that's ridiculous. So, yeah, exactly. You know. We weren't 100% sure whether Last did make it to 2024, so we've uh, decided to disregard him. No, it's... Uh, Have it both ways, can you? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So, um, yeah, but I think Lingard will have definitely had a say in these discussions, and I'm sure he'll be happy to see Luke Hooley and Josh Hodgson as familiar faces in that room when he takes that first meeting. He's certainly put a good word in for those players. And yeah, there may have been players that obviously have been um, 
uh, what's the word? I'll just picked out by Danny Wilson and, and the team. Obviously, his players looked at anyway. But I mean, there's no way in this world they kind of enter negotiations without asking their current coach how, how good they are. You know what I mean? I mean, look, I, I know elements of cast art run well, but Jesus Christ, we're not. We can't be that bad. <laughs> that's just pure common sense. And if you really don't believe that that's happened, then I, I don't know what to tell you really. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think it's still had impacts uh, on these signings uh, ever since he's come in the club, which should put some minds at ease, really. Yeah, if he's going to be the head coach this year, and clearly if he's taking the job, um, you can't mind the squad too much, um, which is positive sign, a very positive sign. Likewise with Maguire, a lot of talk this week in terms of coaching because it dragged on so long. Uh, I've saw it quite a few. Is it is it because the players are all in sign and the squad's in place? Is that scaring coaches off? Well. Not scared Danny Maguire off completely, has it? Oh. Um, so that's that's pretty positive, I think, from, from our perspective. Um, a couple more questions and we'll finish on some kind of lighter ones because we actually talk about something that's not cast, which we did last week and I quite enjoyed. Um, Scott asked, uh, if true, when he was talking about the, the Lingard uh, announcement, um, well, he, he said he would love us to ask the club, and we will uh, when we get the chance to speak to them. Uh, how are they going to stop leaks? <laughs> because it's clearly <laughs> becoming damaging to the reputation. Uh, and our IMG social clout points uh, in terms of an announcements kind of getting watered down. I did make the point of this on Twitter the other day, didn't I? Um, it, it's impossible <laughs> for the club to keep anything secret. It does it just for whatever reason, and it's it's somewhat the same at every club now. Yeah. To be fair. across rugby league, it's very different. It's very very rare something's announced and it's not reported somewhere. But we do seem particularly bad for it. I won't lie. Yeah, I will. I was going to make that exact point. I was going to say we do seem bad, but it's not just a cast tigers problem. I mean, don't get me wrong. Leeds, if the rumors are true and it's happening tomorrow, Leeds would love to surprise everyone with Brody Cross. But yeah. we're not surprised by it, are we? No, no. All it's been reported for like a week and a half now. We've all known about it, come to terms with it, accepted it, and it's almost like we're sat here waiting for when. Yeah. But yeah. I know what you mean. Cass seem to be unable to sort of keep any sort of rumour yeah. at bay. And it's trying to figure out who. And I, I mean, it's probably come down to a lot of agents. Uh, they will have good uh, relationships with people in the media hmm. and will want to get the information out there to tease it. Obviously, that as agents, they're probably maybe put it out a little bit earlier, the information out there earlier, just in case any other clubs want to come in and give their client a better deal. 100%. Yeah. Which they're doing smart. the jobs. Smart, they're yeah. doing the jobs at the end of the day. They're trying to get the best deal for their, their client and obviously probably a little bit more money for themselves in um, the, from their percentage. Um, so absolutely, why not? But yeah, it's a bit tricky and it's it's figuring out how you sort of can stop that flow of information. I feel it's like a tricky fact, one. Yeah, I feel like as a game, we're just far too gone. We're just too small. Uh, we, we really are too small. Everyone knows everyone. I mean, <laughs> we, I've joked today with a friend of mine, like this podcast is, is this episode 20, episode 19, whatever it might be. Um, we've been going since May, June, which is really not that long ago. <laughs> it's, five, it's five months. And I have spoken to pretty much all the major journalists in rugby league at this yeah. point through book up by crook and it's some it's them messaging me sometimes which is a bit bizarre. <laughs> i really do appreciate it and I, I genuinely enjoy speaking to those guys because obviously they're very knowledgeable about the game and it's it's nice they love a nat. they do love a nat. they're trying to look they love the sport 
Inside info right. that you may not know, a bit of added bonus info. Both myself and you, Adam, both have journalism degrees, so we know what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we, we like a gossip and we, we like to <laughs> chat about all things rugby league. Clearly, I have a podcast. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> but um, it is bizarre, isn't it? It is still a bit mad that, like, obviously, I'm this is very, very fresh still. And, you know, I'm just, again, we're just two lads chatting about rugby and yet just the biggest credible names in the, in the sports media have ever chatted me. Mean, today yeah. <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit wild but i, I do appreciate those chats as i say it, it, it's just a very very small sport and i mean particularly cast i mean literally we're a town of forty thousand. you know i mean it, it, you, you you go to asda and you bump into a player you know yeah. it, it, it's difficult isn't it it's difficult for anything to get, be kept under wraps so could the club do a little bit more maybe uh maybe and i feel like because it is so aggressive at our end that we get so much uh, maybe I, I don't know whether the leaks ever could be stopped. Maybe there could be something more from a media perspective of doing a little bit more to put a bit more of a positive spin on some of the stuff that comes out because we'll yeah. be aware it's coming out. But that's just that comes down to kind of resource and everything and having a probably a bigger media department to be honest to be able yeah. to deal with stuff like that. Um, so I don't think we'll ever stop the leaks completely. We knew Gareth Woodard was signing six months before he did. You know, yeah. it, it's one of those things we knew about the likes of Josh Sim and Nixon put probably in April. Um, in terms of the kind of the clout we're going to get, as, as you mentioned, Scott, in terms of announcements on social, I think it's probably up to us as fans, really. And it's just madness, but it's how the game's going, just to probably engage with those posts anyway, <laughs> if we yeah. can, even know we can't even know they're coming. Uh, and maybe an element, it, it, it goes on so long that the excitement kind of builds. So when it eventually happens, we're pretty happy about it. So um, all I would say, as cast fans, if you see a cast, co- a cast post, give it a like, give it a retweet, give it a share. I think that's the bit of all we can really do as fans at this point, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. It's about doing our bit as well, going above and beyond what we normally do. Obviously, it's all looking towards this IMG sort of grade and obviously interactions and social media reaches all encompassed in that as well. So if we can share it and it hits a few few hundred people's other pages on Twitter or face onto his friends Facebook and they look at it. All helps the club out. Yep. I mean, I'm sure we're all we all follow or are followed by um fans of other clubs as well. So if we get it onto their pages, it helps as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And obviously it's great to see obviously our our, our Twitter <laughs> growing, you know, what I mean we hit seven hundred fifty followers yesterday, obviously, as I said, really appreciate that. And it's uh, the that's it seems because it is a small sport the bigger kind of we grow and like things like us at other clubs kind of grows obviously we're sharing the club stuff even yeah. helps in terms of kind of impressions as I say we work in social media so we're very aware of that but you know I had a post yesterday that had 21,000 engagement uh, impressions on on social and stuff like that it all kind of helps it's all ultimately going to help towards IMG because we're tagging the club and we're sharing the club stuff so um, yeah it's crazy the sport's gone to this don't be wrong and it is a bit mental but yeah, if you see anything the club's put out, just give it a share. Uh, it, it doesn't cost you anything, so it can only help in that regard. Um, that's pretty much it for Cast Talk, I think. I don't think there's much else to be discussed in terms of Cast. We did get a couple of questions there on rugby league, genuinely, because obviously, mm. as much as we talk religiously about Cast, it's quite a big week with the finals this weekend. A little bit. Um, so <laughs> Some we'll interesting off, games. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll kick off with Macaulay's question. Um, Macaulay, I think, has asked a question pretty much every single episode, so I really do appreciate that, Macaulay. I uh, appreciate the loyalty. Who do you want to get promoted, London or Toulouse? Now, before we answer the question, Sunday was fun, wasn't it? 
Jim <laughs> back and forth, won't we? Score updates and everything. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I think every cast fan took a little bit of, uh, I'll say pleasure because it was a little bit pleasing to see as little neighbours uh, bow out at the semi final stage again. Yeah, I think had it been a, a more standard year for us and we'd have come seventh or eighth and we would have cared as, as much. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact we've had a pretty poor year and they let us know about it. They've given us a little bit, haven't they? Their yeah. fans have given us some. Yeah, so... they tried, tried to creep out the shadow a little bit. They tried, mm. <laughs> they tried, but um, yeah, they went, they went, they went full Featherston, on, on <laughs> uh, which is they went full Fev and uh. Yeah, uh, we we had a little bit of fun, didn't we? We had a little bit. They'll be they'll be fine, maybe. Um, who do you want to get promoted anyway? London or Toulouse? That'll be the championship final. Um, one thing I would say, I mean, this weekend is an expansionist absolute dream, and I am yeah. expansionist really, as much as obviously we're Castleford is probably the anti-expansionist team in, in a sense. Yeah, you know, I think you can support Castle and still want the, the sport to grow. And yeah. if you look at this weekend, you go. London versus losing the championship final. You've got, um, I don't know if it's already been, it's already been played, doesn't it? But North Wales got to the uh, League One final, uh, pretty much out of the blue. And obviously, we'll talk about the Super League One final, which has got another mm. uh, a massive expansion team in there. So it's great, really, in terms of the footprint of the game. Um, London probably didn't expect themselves to be there, uh, if we're being honest. To lose, probably did, probably did. Yeah, um, they, they were probably the second best team in championship um probably beating a beating a very good Bradford side I thought yeah, it really came um, on didn't it? second half of the season yeah and they've really recruited well looking ahead to next season as well I feel um retained a lot of the good players brought some good ones in um but yeah obviously we're looking ahead at this weekend talking to lose London it's a very it's a, it should be a very evenly matched game yeah I feel um personally I would love to see London come up. Um, I think they've done some really good stuff. Their coaching staff is great. I think yeah. listening to Mike Eccles talk after the Fev game were brilliant. Yeah. Um. So I'd love them to come up. I really would love them to come back up. Um. I feel like they'd go out and recruit well. As well, which is is great. I think. Um, Paul Toulouse have been well documented in saying that their financial position is not the best. Yeah. Um, I think they almost came out and said, if we don't go back up, we're going to go bust. Essentially, yeah. Essentially. Maybe not go bust, but maybe go a bit more part-time. And Yeah. Yeah. Probably wouldn't right. have been Speaking about London coaching staff again, Reese Lovegrove, who obviously, unfortunately, who had a bit of an issue with Keefley. And I feel like anybody that can escape Keefley without... With, yeah well and end up at a situation that is better for them even if he's assistant coach at London he's great who like Craig Lingard yes <laughs> <laughs> another former Keithley coach who we kind of we got always. ousted um, but yeah they're another team that kind of not the greatest um, but at least Reese Love grows great so I'm, I'm pitching for London don't know about you interesting yeah I think that's the story isn't it I think that that's kind of the pitch book Ending really, if London can do it, it would be remarkable, really, for where they were beginning of the year. I think they were down there towards like outside the eight almost early doors and were really struggling. 
And the way they've turned it around, as I say, Mike Eccles, I think he got um, championship manager, uh, yeah. championship yeah. coach of the year, uh, the awards the other night, and absolutely deserves it. Uh, done an unbelievable yeah. job. Really good recruitment in the middle of the year as well to bring a couple of experienced overseas players who know how to win. Uh, I think I think that's massive. But um, and the thing with London as well, again, we talk about expansionists. Uh, it's been documented today. It would be a team completely devoid of Northerners, which is really, really impressive, to be fair. What that you is want. really impressive. Um, I, I do suggest there'd be a fair few more Northerners in there next year in Super League uh, in order to keep them competitive. But the fact they've managed to get to the situation they're in uh, with a, an almost entirely uh, squad entirely made of overseas players, Midlands players and Southern, and the majority of them being a lot too, is very, very impressive. So I, I understand the pitch book. Uh, ending of London managing to do it and obviously they beat the best team in the comp in the semis it makes sense mm. um, but I want to go to Toulouse away so I'm going to say Toulouse <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've, it's I've, nice I've, I've heard good things I've, I've heard good things is all I'm saying I've been uh, it's lovely you'll enjoy it as, as much as Wimbledon's great um, I think the south of France but potentially a second time next year would be <laughs> would be a nice well, wouldn't be bad wouldn't be bad maybe we'll take the podcast on the road who knows who knows but um, no no I think I think Toulouse yeah I didn't get the chance to go last year uh, when, they, when they were up originally so I, I think I think Toulouse <laughs> will win I, I do think Toulouse will win I think that's my that's my shout and um, yeah I, I think they're the team to go up and I think I prefer that on the basis of a really good away day, frankly. And hopefully it is true that there is an investor ready to put money yeah. in when they go into Super League. Fingers crossed. For them. If they go up and that investor's not there and it's a bit fallacy, that's not great. So we, no. the, I mean, as much as it means we won't come bottom this year, um, <laughs> you don't want proper whipping boys, I don't think, for a second year running. So, uh, yeah, hopefully. Um, in my opinion, to lose, do it. But it should be, I'm hopeful, a good game. A good game, yeah. uh, whoever wins it. Uh, I'm pretty happy with. Uh, and that brings us to the big game because yep. we had a question from... Who was it? Who was it? It was Graham. Oh, Graham Smith. Um, Graham Smith of the Castile Supporters Club who asked, will Sam Tompkins bow out as a grand final winner? and uh, Will it be a French double this weekend? Well, obviously, I I'm, can't be a French double for you, so I go in London, I'm going to lose. But in terms of the grand final, Catalans, Wigan... Uh, it's the two best teams in the comp, so I think yeah. best case scenario for a final, isn't it, really? Absolutely. I feel like as much as it's been great to watch St. Helens kind of win, what, four on a bounce, or four on the bounce, was it? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have a new winner. Massive. And I think it's very much needed in rugby league. And it's rare for that. I mean, it's probably the one time only where Wigan could be a fresher breath winning something. <laughs> Bizarre, isn't it? Strange, isn't it? Um, but I picked Wigan well early in this season. I think you'll have probably heard me say probably what March time. I fancied, unfortunately, which is weird to say as a Cast fan because I'm not the biggest fan of of Wigan. No, they've looked like the best team in the comp for a long time, and even even parts of last year, they they showed glimpses of what they could be. Um, and it's scary to think how good they are now, and I feel like they're only going to be better next season. Yeah, the scary um, thing about to be honest, so to cut up, but like no, the no. thing with Wigan is, yeah, the scary thing about them is the way they're recruiting is you might have another Saints on your hands. Yeah, uh, in, in terms of a bit of another, another dynasty kind of thing, and yeah. not, but um, because I would like to 
a few teams to mix it up. But um, I completely agree as well. Jumping because back in even March, April, whenever we they played us down the line, yeah, I'm sure you were there when they when they. I think it was six 0 at half time, and we put up a really good account of ourselves actually that night. It was probably what I think I remember saying at the time. I remember saying to a few of my mates after the game who'd not been there, obviously not seen, not been on TV, hmm. and I think we came out. I think we lost. 40 nil or something. We got battered in the second half, but it was 6 0 at half time. And I came out saying, That's not a bad performance. That and they were like, What are you talking about? You've just been nailed and absolutely battered. And I was like, No, honestly, what? like if you look at it on reflection <laughs> with the rest of the games, it ain't that bad. They're just really, really, really good. Really good. It's defensively, defensively, they are superb. They're, they're, they're excellent, they really are. And then the defence is so good, you forget that they've got a bloke who scored 27, 28 tries on the wing in Miski, and then they've got French who scored 20 plus. And the field is just electric, and there's, there's just talent over there. Jake Wardle's turned himself into an international level centre this year as well. And they've got they've got a song out of Toby King as well, who's going back to Warrington next year, and they'll be rubbing their hands together. It's a very, very good team. Um, so I, I'd certainly make them favourites, and I think they've got every chance yeah. this weekend. A word on Catalans, though, I mean, not going to be any pushovers, are they? No, uh, they're going to make it, going to make it competitive, yeah. extremely competitive. It's going to be, it should be a really good game. They've got some extreme talent in that squad, and obviously, yeah, the big story is Sam Tompkins obviously retiring after this game. It would be picture perfect for him to go out with a a super league, a super league grand final win against the club that he started at. Yeah, be very I mean, very storybook ended. It would, and I mean, what a legacy it would be for him to leave mm-hmm. to kind of bring the first grand final to France as well. And yeah. it would be an obvi- similar to obviously the, uh, the Challenge Cup a few years ago, but it would be maybe even more historic, really, if yeah. they were to win the grand final and, um, you know, be the best team in the comp uh, officially. Uh, I, I guess that it would be absolutely massive. And yeah, it is the Sam Tompkins final, isn't it? You're not going yeah. to get rid of it. But to be fair, after what he served up on Friday night against Saints, deserves it, really. <laughs> he, he stepped up in the big moment and just the most trademark Sam Tompkins try you've ever seen still doing it that celebration um, the celebration from years ago years later pulled it, pulled it back out and <laughs> you can't knock it really uh, you can't knock it as, as much as I mean the one thing I'll, I'll say about Sam Tompkins is no one liked him when he was coming up unless you're a Wigan fan obviously but like never got much joy that lane actually <laughs> when he was growing up and we always remember Justin Carney just running over the top of him. I was just about to say, that's the big, the one memory I have of Sam Tompkins down lane is Justin Carney just mullering him. He's got bodied by (laughs) rampaging Justin Carney. That that is my lasting memory of Sam Tompkins. (laughs) Maybe he can add another to his legacy this week with a grand final ring. But yeah, I'm going to go Wigan. I think think you're going to go Wigan as well. Yeah. Um, But one thing, final point of the grand final, I would say, from what I read just before we joined the podcast, people talk about the rugby league the sport being in absolute dire straits and it is to a certain degree I think the money issue is really bad at the minute and uh, just before we came on Newcastle uh, apparently going bust in, in League One they're losing the funding that's really sad to see and there's clearly big problems one thing that has not been a problem this year is crowds and it's what people talk about all every time we have a chance to speak about crowds rugby league fans will speak about crowds mm. apparently they're sold 60,000 that's the same as last year's final, which was Leeds and St. Helens. Yeah. If they've managed to do that between Wigan and Catalans, first first of all, as much as you all walk out early, and I don't like you very much, fair play Wigan, because they've clearly sold an awful lot of tickets. But fair play everyone who's just going to Old Trafford, Catalan fan, Wigan fan, neutral fan, because if they've sold 60,000, 
for a team involved in the French team. Bear in mind, it was 45,000, I think, yeah. when they played St. Helens a couple of years ago. That's enormous. That That's massive and, and actually could have a hugely positive knock-on effect to the game because there was talk that if the crowd was really down, there would actually be an added impact on central funding to the clubs yeah. in the next couple of years, uh, next year or so from our old commercial. I don't think they were expecting a crowd of 60K. So actually that might have a really positive effect on the get on the other clubs, couldn't it? Yeah. I mean, we all saw sort of the journalists reporting as soon as Catalans won the game. It wasn't so much about celebrating the win. It was kind of reports of RL commercial sort of yeah. crying in a back room because ticket sales are going to be down for this grand final, which fair, whoever whoever's bought a ticket and is going, fair play to you, whether it's a big Wigan crowd, whether it's a a strong Catalans travelling contingent, or it's a lot I think of bringing a th- I think they're bringing a few. I think they're bringing a few, which is great. I mean, I'd on seen, though, it's as well. It's impressive. Yeah, I'd seen a lot of, of a few tweets around um, sold-out chartered planes to bring a load of fans over. So that's really promising as well. Uh, but it probably will have a fair few neutrals there as well, which there is obviously a bit of interest around this game. It's two, two best two teams in the comp, as we've said a little bit ago. It shows the signs that rugby league is still alive. That's it. It's it might be on a little bit of life support, but it's alive and kicking. Not, it's not dead. Not dead just yet, and it will maintain that way for at least some time. We just need to mm. give it a little bit of help here and there. But yeah, really positive stuff, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to watching the final on uh, on Saturday night. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very much for everyone listening. Obviously, it's been another long one. It had to be. We're literally announcing the coach tomorrow. I think. And obviously plenty to discuss. Uh, thank you very much for all your questions once again. Um, the next time you hear from us, hopefully everything's just kind of sorted and done and dusted. Dare I say it, touch wood, fingers crossed, all that. Um, but yeah, you will hear from us soon enough. And we've got a couple of plans in place to keep you all entertained over the off-season, because I'm sure um, you, you've been you've been enjoying it, haven't you? So we'll carry on. Uh, it's as simple as that. Um, any parting words from you, Adam, before we, before we get off? Fingers crossed we have a uh, head coach the next time we speak. That'll do for me. Thank you all very much. Coif.